Welcome to Retro Fanfic Retrospective, the podcast where we dredge up old fanfiction and expose it to the cold, harsh light of 2020. My name is Amato, and with me are... Dory. And Dom. Are we ready with the 2020 perspective here? We re- Hindsight is 2020? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I guess. So it's very appropriate. And speaking of hindsight being 2020, <laughs> we have one more guest with us here tonight. Hi, I'm Taryn. Hi, Taryn. Been here before. <laughs> when did we last see you on the show, Taryn? I was... Zelda? Yes, it was a Zelda fanfic, the name of which I don't remember. Uh, Reflections? Reflections. Reflections, part one, yeah. part two. That was a, quite a bit ago. That was in the the early days, I believe. That was back in 2019. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that long ago? <laughs> they had podcasts back then? When they had no hindsight. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, entering our third calendar year as a podcast. Still not popular. <laughs> Still not king. Still not king. That's okay. We keep trucking along. <laughs> gonna ex- old fan fiction is going to come back one of these days, and we're going to be there to ride that wave. And the longer we wait, the more old fan fiction will be created. That's directly. true. <laughs> I think you'll probably all be dead when this becomes incredibly popular. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. genius is not appreciated. That's the dream, time. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, in fact, that kind of leads into the story of our fanfic today. <laughs> the story we are reading today is called What Legends Are Made Of, and it is a Pokemon fanfic from year 2000, more or less, maybe started in 99. We can probably get confirmation on that pretty shortly. <laughs> now, I like to have a reason to think that a fanfic is good, <laughs> and in this case, it is because the author disappeared from the internet and took down their fanfics, and it was saved by another fanfiction.net user named Talent Scout. Though on their um, on their you know fanfiction.net account, I, I see some things that don't look too promising posted <laughs> up there. I think it's a mix of the author's own stuff and stuff that they saved that you know other mm-hmm. authors removed. Uh, Talent Scout sounds like the name of somebody who mostly collects Dub Sailor Moon stuff. Uh, the <laughs> story above what legends are made of is Lita's Adventure. What do you get when you have a story with a lot of sex, very little plot, a sex demon, and Yuri? Find out in Lita's Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, what so, legends are made of is in good company. Yeah, I think I, I have the idea already. I don't need to... Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> However, let me point out that every fanfic posted here by Talent Scout has, like, you know, single-digit favorites and, like, a couple of follows. Except what legends are made of, which has, you know, 87 favorites, 44 follows... For an early 2000s fanfiction.net story, that's not terribly bad. Mm. And for a, a reposting of it. Especially for a mm-hmm. reposting, because it would have had a lot more faves and follows before the original posting was removed. Right. Mm. Now, the thing is, the author, the original author of this story was Flareon, which is you, Taran. That's, that's you. Me. Yeah, yes. That was, that was me and an, and, and an old life. That's the, our big reveal the, here. Yeah, the slow reveal. <laughs> slow burn it's probably going to be like stated outright in the episode description so there was no point in dragging that out well, it could have been fine but yeah okay well, yeah <laughs> i don't know i thought it was fun preserve the fiction though um <laughs> i was on the edge of my seat we, we forgot the little s- smiley faces bordering my my call sign <laughs> <laughs> oh were those part of it i didn't remember yeah um, well, in the text itself, you just say by Flareon by itself. You don't have little emoji, like, oh, special thingies. It's at the bottom. Oh. Mm. Are those smiley faces? I 
think I thought they were supposed to be sort of smirking faces or something. Oh, I do see mm-hmm. that, yeah. What do you call oh. one of those brackety things? Um, it's got a name. Carrots? Carrots. No, no. no. Those are That's not carrots. Think. Carrots are like little arrows, like little... Tor, you're an English major. Tell us. I. This oh. is not a form of punctuation I think people normally use. You're talking about the... I see, yeah, they're, those things. They're used in mathematics. Yeah. Well, they've got to have a name, um, then. Super I brackets? No, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> Mega Point, brackets? Pointier parentheses. Uh, warped brackets. I Mega used to brackets. like to use them a lot when I was writing on the whiteboard, just because, or like in outlines, because they're more fun to draw. Um, but they're, yeah, they're basically like parentheses with a little, a little curve. Now, anyone knows what those are called, please write us and let us know. Which is important. Congratulate yourself, I think. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. We don't want to hear from you. (laughs) We hate listener communication. No, no, we don't. Uh, Okay. Maybe just me. You're just trying to push people away again. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're drifting off from the point, which is that we have the author of a fanfic on our podcast for the very first time. And yeah. I'd like to ask you a couple of questions, Tarin. Mm-hmm. You already talked about your Pokemon background in general. Yes. Uh, when you were on for Pokemon Master, right. way early on. Mm-hmm. But what led to you writing this fanfic itself, other than just reading Pokemon Master? Yeah, Pokemon Master was a big part of it. Um, I think I think there were a, a few motivations. Like for one thing, I wanted to sort of make a spiritual prequel to explain how Ash in Pokemon Master got so awesome. That's uh, revealing. That's interesting. I guess my, mm-hmm. I guess my explanation was, oh, he was always amazing. <laughs> this this isn't new. Let's just redo the entire anime series to show that he's been awesome the whole time. Anyway, uh, that was one, and then another was the. Um, the Pokemon manga Electric Tale of Pikachu, I kind of want, I thought that I could insert some badass into the TV show and sort of link them closer together somehow, but I think that thread got lost somewhere because it, it cleaved very closely to the television show. I think I may have been watching, I think I may have recorded the episodes on VHS tapes and like paused and like wrote a description of the episode and then changed it to my to, to like what I wanted it to be um, yeah well there's a, a few things in here that are definitely out of Electric Tale of Pikachu and I think I'm the only other person who's read that right Dory yeah. and Dom right. the presence of Gary's sister May is that right yeah you got that from Electric Tale of Pikachu right and the British accent that, is it Butterfree or Butterfree. Firo has? Yeah. I think that's how an Electric Tale of Pikachu too, at least the English translation. That sounds familiar, but I had forgotten that. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, really important things like that. Yeah. We, and we knew, we knew playing the game that Gary had a sister. We just didn't know her name in the game. Yeah. So. And, and you find she's given a different name in Gold and Silver, but this was written mm-hmm. before Gold and Silver, right? Right. Yeah. I think so. I think... Later on, you start referencing a few legendaries, but that's it. And those mm-hmm. might have been, like, I don't know, dropped earlier, like ho or whatever. Yeah, like Lugia and ho were some of the ones they released before the game came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I had that episode of uh, Electronic Gaming Monthly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so th- this fan fiction was written during sort of this peak Pokemon, like, craze experience where, like, all sorts of rumors about Pika Blue and the, and the next Pokemon movie were oh, coming right. out. And, Pika and Blue, man. I spent so much time trying to find that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to come back to that because 
No, actually, right now. Later on, <laughs> what's introduced is like an ultimate super evolution of Pikachu. Right. And at one point, a comment... Yeah, there's a lot of author comments inserted in this fanfic. Yeah. And one of them is like, we believe that this is in the games or something like that. And I was like, whoa, is this a conceit? Or did 13-year-old Tarn actually believe that there was some like super Pikachu evolution hidden in the code of red and blue? <laughs> I think that might have been surfing Pikachu slash Blue slash... Mm-hmm. Meryl. Yeah, everyone oh, yeah. thought Meryl was some like super. Oh, right. <laughs> and it turns out it's just this like round water Pokemon that no one likes. <laughs> yeah. Well, wasn't Meryl like um, in the in the anime really one of the like Pokemon that Ash caught that was like super cute and everyone really liked for a no, little while? Ash didn't have Meryl. Mm-hmm. Did or Ash's companion in mm-hmm. the later season. You think it's Togepi? No, mm. not Togepi. <laughs> Definitely Meryl was present in the Pokemon yeah. anime. Tori can tell was... a Pikachu from a... A, a Togepi from a Meryl, I mean. <laughs> yeah. A Pikachu from a Togepi? You a really, Pikachu from a Meryl. You really underestimate me, I, don't I you? think the mouse space had kind of been taken up, so they were mm-hmm. they were fighting a losing battle there. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe it was just in one of the shorts where Pikachu met Meryl or something. Oh, yeah, that was an early short. You're yeah. right. I'm I trying was, to remember. Are you talking about the short summer, before the movie? Summer Vacation, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Third yeah movie? First, 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 movie. Oh, first movie. The only one that matters. The only one I haven't seen. Those early ones, yes. Have you not seen the first movie? I don't know. I just never got to see it in theaters, I don't think. I saw the second and third. I yeah. might have just been into Pokemon late. I don't know. That's so weird considering how much you're into Pokemon right now. <laughs> when I, well, this is a side note, but when I saw the preview for the second movie, I made a, I made a teaser for a version of the movie called <laughs> Pokemon... The 2000, The Power of Two, because it was going to be different from The Power of One or something. <laughs> yeah, you're really into that idea of two people sharing their power. Anyway, yeah. well, is that sarcasm? <laughs> no. Or not? I'm not sure. Well, no, it's not. I mean, just talking about the fanfic. Okay, yeah, we should talk about the fanfic. N- nothing regarding Star Wars going on. <laughs> What? Never mind. Okay. No spoilers. No Star Wars spoilers. <laughs> Even though it's been a few more weeks and everyone's probably seen it. And also, officially, this podcast is a spoiler zone. Well, yeah. That's true, but I, I feel like we try to keep the spoilers limited to the media we're discussing. I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So, a follow-up question, Tarin, about other than where this fanfic came from. Mm-hmm. You are the one who suggested that we read this. Yes. Why? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Um, pause. <laughs> I'll just accept masochism as an answer. <laughs> masochism is, is one part of it. I think it's, I hadn't, I haven't read it mm-hmm. for probably half of my lifespan. Um, and it was like probably a good three months or something of fairly constant writing for my 12 to 13 year old self. I can't, can't piece together exactly when it was written. I think it was written over a year, but in spurts, mm-hmm. but like a, a lot more than like I would write now. Like I would write much differently now. Anyway, um, and the fact that I'd been on the on the podcast a couple times and I hadn't read it was like that's kind of weird. Like I, I spent like 
I'm spe- I wrote a 200 or so page fanfic that I've never read, so a good a good way to sort of force myself to go back into that early mindset and exercise whatever like insecurity I might have about it mm-hmm. because I vaguely remember looking back at it and being like, ugh, this is terrible writing. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, I think we're going to try to go into it as we always do for old fan fiction, which is that there's going to be stuff we're going to complain about, but yeah. that is not a personal attack on 13-year-old Taran. <laughs> no. um, and honestly, it's pretty awesome that like a 13-year-old like sat down and, as usual, like hammered out this like you know clearly you know lots of effort, earnest work, and had a fan following. You know, it is, which you did. It is so yeah. earnest. Like yeah. looking back at it, and, it's hella earnest. And I sort of. It's bringing me back a lot because I had forgotten just, like, I think young me was very lonely a lot mm-hmm. and found a lot of community online and had no idea exactly who he was communicating with because it was all anonymous. So we sort of assumed that they were all children around his age. Cause, <laughs> yeah. Right? So, like, the fact that, the like, people would review and actually comment on the works and, and like... I've I've read through it mostly now, and it's like, huh, I I don't really remember like actually interacting with readers, but it sounds like they had actual like feedback and requests and suggestions, and Young Tarn was entirely willing to just <laughs> change oh, yeah. whatever <laughs> idea he, he had to appease the masses, right? What a sellout. That is, oh, a, that is like a recurring theme when we, we've talked about like the concept of fan fiction is that people finding a community where they couldn't find one in like real life. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, actually, I would, <laughs> when I started reading this, I went back and I dug through like all of the internet sites I could and finally found a posting of like a pretty long like short novel I'd, I'd written not fan fiction but mm-hmm. it's like a fantasy type novel I'd written when I was about 12 and I actually had it on DeviantArt and I was like oh I didn't think that would I thought it was only on Elfwood which is long defunct <laughs> but um, I found it on DeviantArt and I started thinking about like yeah how much community I had there and I started reading it and I was like it's not as bad as I remember so it was kind of inspirational to like look at this and be like oh yeah you know the writing of kids can be actually really incredible and cathartic and very earnest as you put it yeah Aaron. well i appreciate this fanfic i appreciate Taran bringing it to us and we're going to try to be our normal kind selves but let's also not beat around the bush that this is almost definitely the worst thing we have read on this podcast <laughs> i would I, say that but you i don't, don't agree with that well oh, okay i maybe we shouldn't be like, i don't agree with that at all oh, okay what are you putting above that that pokemon well, master was worse than this okay yeah. for sure mm-hmm. and uh, in a lot of ways, I know what you mean. Yes. And I, I don't really think it's our policy to throw things under the bus, but yeah. while the bus is driving, I'm going to throw the second Digimon fanfic you recommended to yeah. us. Yeah. I, I mean... <laughs> but then again, I kind of hate being like that because it's saying, like, all these authors we've read and we've tried to review earnestly, like, they're worse or they're better. Okay, okay. But anyway, point being is I don't think this is bad at all. I know maybe the first Digimon fic also. Well, yeah. I, my, my recollection was... Like, okay, so I wrote MSTings of this fanfic in high school because I was a total jerk. 
Right. And like I did that to a friend because I was talking. Apparently you still are. And apparently I still am because <laughs> I'm willing to do this and I'm talking about how bad it is. Well, my favorite thing but, is that when you were telling us what the fanfic for this week was, you you, you immediately followed with, it wasn't my, wasn't my idea. It was Tarn's idea. It wasn't, wasn't me. <laughs> I wanted that to be very clear. <laughs> Can I? Yeah. So, so, so well, anyway, what I'm trying to say is I've read much worse fanfic than this. Mm-hmm. And I remember as an MS tier, once I stopped doing this, and I started doing other fanfics. I was like, oh, that wasn't that bad at all. But the ways in which this bad, the ways in which this fanfic are bad are annoying. They're so annoying. I don't think I find them as annoying as you do, Amato. I'm not going to lie to you. I bet Amato doesn't find them as annoying as I do. (laughs) Um, That's fair. Yeah. Here's my question. Do you remember the timeline of that? Because I... Uh, Not really. ...have a terrible memory. But I think it's documented. Like, I think when I posted my fanfics online, at least... I was reading your um, MSTings earlier, and they're copyrighted 2005. 2005. So there you go. Which would have been that's freshman year high school? Freshman... No. No, that's end of, end of high school. I didn't post them end until then, but I was writing them a few years before that. Uh, that so like, it was, that's why I was confused. It was long yeah. after you stopped. That's right. See, because in my mind, I'm, I'm trying to piece it all together, and I remember stopping, and I don't remember why... And I also remember picking up and starting to write a really long Evangelion fanfiction, which is lost to time mm-hmm. somewhere. Anyway, I was just wondering if, like, if, if you had picked it up, like, earlier than I thought. No. Okay. I thought that Amato picked it up and talked about it because it had been dead for a period of time. I definitely did not do it while he was writing it. Yeah. No way. <laughs> but we should actually probably jump into what the fanfic's about. Um, Tori, you read through all 17 chapters <laughs> as a, and for the first time. Can you give us a high-level summary about what this fanfic is? This fanfic is a, an idealistic young person's reimagining of the Pokemon anime as something slightly more dramatic Slightly more, uh, having a few more, like, interesting points, such as Pikachu being able to evolve into a super Pikachu that is godly. Um, Ash and Misty being more romantically involved. And everybody just, in general, being better people, I guess is the best way to put it. Being more well-rounded and kinder to each other and... Just hmm. not jerks. Including, like, Gary and... Yeah, yeah that's true. Gary and, like, Ash, of course. I did appreciate those Way parts. more self-aware. And Misty, like, Misty's always kind to Ash and always building him up and, like, never gets on his case, almost ever. And, I don't know, everybody's just super nice to each other. And it's very different in terms of character tone. And it came out kind of boring. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't really sure where the character flaws were at this. That That's a criticism to have of it. But it's also sort of pleasant, like very pleasant <laughs> just to read like, people being like nice people. The only thing that is frustrating about this, and I, you know, I'm going to lay it out right away, is that Ash is like super powered. He's mm. just good at everything. And he's also like humble and nice Mm. and the only time a flaw is brought in it's like very late in the fic and it's the fact that he's afraid to lose so he won't get into a battle if he's afraid to lose and it just uh, it doesn't gel because it's resolved too quickly and it just it's not good enough for a character flaw I I would say that Ash being perfect at everything is less annoying than how the author 
has everyone react to it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Which is, like, mm-hmm. literally constant praise oh, to yeah. the point yeah. of, like, putting down yeah. every themselves and everyone else around them. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. How dare you think that. less of yourself, <laughs> Ash? You are just so you're, you're absolutely the perfect human being, so... And it wasn't just... The, the fic talking about how good Ash was all the characters the in the was, fic yeah. Like, yeah, yeah walking to a place where they had met someone before they said oh it's Ash you're so great everyone's talking about you and I, I would the narrator <laughs> yeah I mean I would like the other characters building him up if he had shown insecurity mm. and like you know seemed like he needed that if he, but no <laughs> it's just not not necessary it's so weird at the end of chapter six, there's a part where James is complaining about how like awesome Ash is and how like how come he doesn't get to be a super kick-ass person. Mm-hmm. And there's always like conversations, usually between Team Rocket and the author Flareon at the end. Yeah. So it says Flareon rolling his eyes. I did not give Ash superpowers, James. He's just really strong, smart, and talented, <laughs> and he has a courteous, polite, kind personality. I don't think that makes him a superhero. I would like to state for the record here that he also has a telepathic link to Pikachu, which allows him to talk to Pokemon indirectly, and he's a Saiyan. Yeah. 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 Yep. So, <laughs> though I don't know if at that point he was a Saiyan. He was a Saiyan Tarn. Yeah. In the first uh, uh, <laughs> His hair glows yeah. yellow mm-hmm. twice in this fic, and one is really early on, and one is much later. First so. chapter. Yes, the first chapter, yeah. you say, I do not own Dragon Ball in the credits, <laughs> and you have his hair flash yellow. Yeah. And there's a prophecy later on that hinges on his hair being both black and gold. Right. So, um, I, I guess. I don't know if we want to talk about the plot. The plot is the Pokemon anime, though. We're going to have to jump around on this. Yeah. And we're going to have to assume that, um, like, okay, so the plot? Should we, the plot. But the plot is, it's basically just the anime with this extra storyline. Yeah. Yeah, like two extra storylines on top. And one is the, like, Ash being super destined awesome and Pikachu being that also. And the other plot line is a a Ash and Misty romance that everybody wants to talk about. Yeah. Well, there's, there's Starting in, like, halfway through yeah. what we have and then taking up, like, a third of every chapter. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that there's, like, there's nothing... There's every single thing that the author mentions in this is... It's never redundant. It's never just a reiteration. Everything that's mentioned is different. It's like when Ash wakes up and goes to take his test. He's not late, first of all, which is, like, the first sign. Like, Ash doesn't do anything wrong. <laughs> but he takes a test and gets a perfect score. And when he first gets his first Pokemon, he actually gets it, because he wasn't late. He actually gets a Pokemon. So, like, the whole <laughs> way he gets Pikachu is different, too. I wasn't actually clear on how he got Pikachu. It was uh, kind of unclear. It was that a trainer named Damien had thrown Pikachu away, Right. And he's a recurring character. He's going to continue to be, like, a super abusive piece of shit. Throwing him in the trash. Ash, on his way, had somehow fallen into the trash He almost can. got ran over by a van. <laughs> yeah, he got ran, almost ran over the car. Oh, and that... when he came out of the trash can, he had a Pokeball in his pocket. Okay, that's what and I And that missed. was Pikachu's Pokeball. Okay. So, anyway, as a result of this, Ash starts his journey with both a Charmander and a Pikachu. Oh, and it's three years later. Oh, yes. There oh, yeah. Are, well, and this was interesting because they, like, you know, authors note they should start at 13 because they'll be more mature. Mm-hmm. And Ash is more mature. <laughs> so I, I guess 
Ash is also he's, stronger. I know he's also like he's like way super beyond muscled. He can be a thirteen-year-old. He'd be a exceptionally strong man in hand-to-hand combat. More oh black belted. But I do like there's that there's at least a justification for him not being the same person he was when he was ten. Mm. Yeah. Even though the person he is is a little bit, I don't know. Too. I perfect, still feel I like this Ash at ten would have been something similar. <laughs> you know. So. Yeah. Well, Tarn, I think I cut you off on the Saiyan element because you're right, it does mm. not enter into the plot really, mm. but the seeds are clearly being planted, right? Unless I misinterpret 13-year-old Yu's plans. So I don't I don't remember myself editing this. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I edited it line by line, but I didn't go back and ever edit it except when I, at some point, I think I... And, I remember feeling a bit guilty about this, but I think I may have reposted the first chapter to plant the seeds for the Dragon Ball thing, which I had not originally, like, thought would be part of it. That's interesting. So, like, at the time he he beat the Mankey, he wasn't a Saiyan then in the author's mind. Right. (laughs) That's really interesting. So, I don't know. I think think by the end of the, what I've written, what I wrote... Um, I was getting more into Dragon Ball than I was into Pokemon, so it was like a way to shift my interest <laughs> from Pokemon to Dragon Ball, and also a way to uh, conveniently explain how awesome Ash is, um, even though even that isn't quite enough for this level. Mm-hmm. Now... Um, this being mostly the first 17 chapters of the Pokemon anime, though it diverges a little bit more as it goes along. Uh, is it okay for us to just kind of jump around and talk about the things that we want to talk about? Or should we do plot lines? Or Well, I think so. That it, does, it just follows the Pokemon anime. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. much. And there's fl- flares and additions on, on top of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I would say that everything is just... It's just a, like the way everything happens is a little bit different, which is what I was trying to point out before. So, so. And in the way you're talking about, instead of wrecking Misty's bike... Yeah. Like, she's protecting a Pokemon also from the Firo or something, and Pikachu's big electric attack causes a psychic bond between him and Misty and Ash, which, yeah. you know, is... Well, yeah, actually, he Ash goes off to save Misty, which is what inspires Pikachu to care about him, is because he sees her, sees at I mean, Pikachu sees Ash being, like, a person willing to sacrifice himself, and that's how they all bond. So I feel like every major plot point is just different enough that it helps establish each character as a different person, basically. The the funny thing is that as I was reading this, I was like, man, these plots seem really contrived a lot of the time. Mm. And then I I went to the episode summaries, (laughs) and I'm like, oh, it's pretty much exactly the same thing yeah. that happened. Yeah, like yeah. You, you think yep. the, the Super Sand Slash thing, I remember that from the anime and being like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Or, or like or like a new Charmander having Flamethrower for some reason, just as an example. Mm-hmm. And then like the anime, Flamethrower, yeah. like episode six or whatever. And it's like, why? Because <laughs> I, I don't know. But anyway. Oh, yeah. Am I allowed to vent on this fanfic? Yes. Is it okay? Okay, because I want to say the thing that made me angry. The thing that made me angry in this fanfic. Most of the time I was just kind of like, ah, geez, why are they talking about this for so long or whatever. But there was one part where I just kind of wanted to slap Ash. Okay? There was only one? Just one. 
I mean, okay, maybe slapping Ash more. more <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you want to slap Ash. I think you'd get thrown or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah. Punch Ash. Okay. Get beaten up by his 18 black belts. So, <laughs> Ash is doing a gym battle against Brock. Mm-hmm. Okay? <laughs> and he he he's dedicated to beating Brock's Pokemon with Charmander and Pikachu, because Misty's like, well, you shouldn't use Charmander and Pikachu. That's freaking obvious. And he's like, no, I will prove you wrong. He's trying to prestige on Brock. <laughs> yeah. And so he goes in with Charmander, and Charmander uses Dig against, you know, Graveler, which Graveler is weak against. Uh-huh. And so, you know, Brock's like, what? Charmander can't Dig? Ash. It can if you teach it that, with special help from a technical machine from a kid I met in Viridian Forest. While I was training with him in Viridian Forest, he gave me TM28, Dig. I knew it was good against rock types. Turning to Misty. Misty, weren't you even watching? Misty, a little sheepish. Actually, I was sunbathing. So for one thing, it gets to, like, dunk on Misty as, like, being competent <laughs> compared to Ash being awesome. But I was like, fine, like, we're going off of video gamey things... And so it's like, okay, like, this is a valid avenue where, like, you can, yeah. you can teach a, a fire Pokemon to be effective against, against rock types or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Later in the same fight, Pikachu uses a combination Comet Punch and Thunder Punch. And Pikachu can't learn Comet Punch or Thunder Punch. And I was like, you can't, you can't do both these things. You can't be, like, using video game logic and, like, say that makes you cool. And okay. use anime logic and say that makes you cool. Dilly noted, Amana. You can't do both. Except that... You can't that do both in the same fight. Pikachu is magic destined to be a super Pokemon. So... I mean, that is a fair point. Do any of these inconsistencies happen with a Pokemon other than Pikachu? Oh, probably. I'm sure they do. Anyway, that's just me being, like, you know, totally anal about, like, the ways in which universes are set up. Mm -hmm. And it just made me angry. There are so many other things that make me angry. (laughs) Every time the brackets occur, I just just know they're going to make me angry. The author notes, you mean, yeah. Yeah. The the inserted author notes in the middle of the text. Well... In the middle of a sentence. (laughs) Yeah, well, let's talk about that for a second. Let's talk about the format of this, because it's very unusual. Um, I will say that I think the flow is actually not bad, Mm -hmm. considering that consistently it switches between past and present tense, (laughs) especially in the first few chapters. I think it's more consistent later on. And it will switch between, um, you know, like a traditional narrative format and a script format every so often yeah. mm-hmm. just like back and forth between characters and then there's a this additional element of brackets which are author notes now it's nice that the author thank you Taryn, puts at the very <laughs> beginning of each chapter what everything means like this means author notes this means pokemon talking um blah 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 but as you were saying, sometimes the author notes do happen, yeah, mid-sentence. That's not as frequent, I think, but it they're, they can be a little disruptive. They can be a little disruptive. They're by far the worst in the first chapter. Absolutely they are. It, it gets way better compared to the first chapter. Because where's the whole thing about riding on, on Ash, um, Ash's shoulder? First chapter somewhere. Yeah, in the first chapter somewhere. That That's just the worst author note in the whole thing. And, I mean, sorry if I'm if I'm coming at this from a negative direction, I'll, we'll, we'll go to praise. I promise. <laughs> but where are we here? I'm negative about it too. So. <laughs> um, it's like, it's sort of cute in a, in a way. Like, yeah, sometimes it is sometimes. And it makes it feel slightly better. If I imagine 
sort of an Arrested Development style thing. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Um, Ron Howard's the one talking. Yeah, or Ron Howard. <laughs> Ron Howard is the one interjecting. It just doesn't. Oh, the one I'm thinking of is not an author insert, actually. No, not an author note. It's just the text. <laughs> the text is often quite terrible as well. Well, this is the part I was thinking of where they're setting off on their journey. Misty has joined them. Pretty soon they were all fine and both got on their bicycles. Pikachu now had a customary place on Ash's cap. It would later be a conflict over which was now his main Pokemon, Pikachu or Charmander, who was technically his first, right? Pikachu was eternally bonded to Ash, but Charmander was Ash's first Pokemon. It would be admitted to be Pikachu by a fair amount in the end. And it's just like... Yeah. It's those sorts of asides where the author... And I mean, that's those things don't annoy me that much, honestly. The author had thoughts and wanted yeah. to convey them and just wasn't doing an editing pass about where it was appropriate to convey them. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like yeah. you're writing it and you're like, oh, well, here's a thing that I want to say. And I get that because I'm not well, a good author. To me, actually, it's more like a change in tone because when you're talking about, like, digging into the details of this story, you're talking about, like, at this moment, these things are happening. You might do some foreshadowing to build up, oh, Pikachu is going to be the favorite. I won't dig too hard the idea that Ash has favorite Pokemon, which is kind of silly to me, but point being is, like, <laughs> When you take a different tone, it's more like a journal tone, like uh, the kind of distant narrator. Like, one, you know, one wouldn't assume that this would happen, but this did. And I feel like it's a different, it's just a different, it's like a shift in tone back and forth fairly frequently. I don't know if that makes sense. It's a, yeah. I mean, it, it might be nice if it was foreshadowing, right? Instead of like inserting some sort of, like desperate teaser in the middle of your thing trying to keep people from rebelling based on something that I don't know Um, (laughs) there are a few times where you do like say like yeah I know this thing's controversial (laughs) but but don't flame me or alternately like go ahead and flame me depending on how you're feeling at the time is flaming a term still? no no I don't think so I, maybe. I don't think it's given the same weight as it used to back in the day. Hmm. I, I haven't heard it. I it. It's a throwback for me. I was like, oh, yeah. But, but I feel like there's another term that I see even in news articles these days. I think it's like the first term in a few terms that when talk about somebody fucking up on the internet or something. Right. Oh, well. Yeah. So, but, but like, it's sort of the, the, the brackets thing is, is indicative of the ge- a general issue, which is like, or probably, in my opinion, the biggest issue, which is there's show and not tell, mm-hmm. and then there's there's regular telling, and then there's telling like this, where it's a child explaining <laughs> to the reader what is happening as if the reader is a much smaller child. <laughs> I've, I've got an example I want to, I want to read here. But it's, and, it's like the author talking directly to the reader explaining what's going on in their family. Well, well I, I was thinking about this in a different way because you have a lot of internal thoughts for a lot of the characters in this. Mm-hmm. And that's part of, I think, what probably drew people to it because you don't get internal thoughts of freaking anybody in the Pokemon anime, you know, not beyond like a single thought, like, I want to catch that thing or like, I don't like Gary. But anyway, um, the way people think is extremely systematic. It's like people will think about all angles of a problem and the author will go through all of that. And so I'm thinking of this part in the Lieutenant Surge chapter. There's a few chapters I'm more familiar with than others because I riffed on them. Mm. And, you know, it's a Lieutenant Surge chapter. And 
Lieutenant Surge is kind of sizing up Ash. And this is going to go on for a little while. So it was Ash. Yes, he was obviously the son of Cypress. Ash radiated a certain aura of self-confidence and a certain smart aleck talk which reminded Surge strongly of Ash's father. Now Surge looked past Ash. There was a cute red-haired teen who had a pretty good sense of style considering her wardrobe, which I don't understand. <laughs> sense. She would obviously be Ash's girlfriend or some such. She seemed to like Blue for some reason. Surge felt like he had seen her before. Never the subtle one. And then he asks her like who she is. And she's like, yeah, I'm Misty, the Cerulean Gym City leader. You should probably know me. We're a gym leader. Also, like, I, I, I battled you at some point a while ago. And this is Brock, who's the Pewter City gym leader. And then it goes back to Surge's thoughts for two more lengthy paragraphs. So, she liked Blue because Cerulean was a shade of Blue. How did Ash get two gym leaders to follow him? Maybe Ash would tell him later. Misty was pretty, and everyone looking at her could sense she would probably be as beautiful as her popular gym leader sisters someday, just not today. Today, she was just a cute, red-haired, and great water trainer, the girlfriend of Ash. Or Brock, which didn't make her common, just expected for one of Ash's stature. Okay. She was his height and had his type of nose. And it might be a match if she was Brock's girlfriend, as they were both gym leaders, okay. albeit probably the least strongest ones, as Serge recalled. Author insert note. He's actually better. Misty only almost won because it was a one-on-one -on -one match with Starmie against Hitmonchan. Serge now looked more closely at Brock, and there's another paragraph. And that is probably the worst thing, like the worst example that I could have chosen. But I just want to say that I remember that part distinctly because it stood out as the worst yes. part of this fanfic. <laughs> and like worse by other parts by miles. So I just I, I just want to put that okay. up there. It's worse in a different way than a lot of other parts. Well, oh my I, God. I understand. But the way in which people, yeah, it's the part that stands out because it's the worst. It's the worst example. And he does the same thing to Brock. And he's like, he's musing about what the color of Brock's eyes might be. And you're like, why? <laughs> why is this happening? <laughs> But, but the way in which people think, in terms of that very systematic, like, well, there's this element of the problem, and therefore I could probably think this, and this might be an option, or this might be an option. That's how people think and discuss problems a lot in this fanfic. And that's yeah. interesting. I mean, it's not well, usually as bad as this. What I want to say is, like, <laughs> this is kind of, like, this is kind of, I guess, related to what I've been thinking this whole time, is, like, what's kind of nice to me about this fanfic is the author notes actually are just like the author will be like I give up I don't want to like I, I'm, I'm just going to give it all away this is what I'm thinking right now Right, right. like when early on there's a description of Ash getting ready and it's like he washed and dried all of his clothes including his sleeveless jacket and then brackets his leather jacket is uh, also different. One, it has water, electricity, and fireproof. Two, the sleeves on the collar were colored red instead of white. He checked his shoes. Brackets. His shoes are red with or black with red laces. His traveling shoes are ready. Bracket. They are black and pretty loose, except for the top, which fitted his waist snugly. So it's like the author just being like, I want to describe this, and this is just going to be my voice telling you. Yeah. You know, setting the scene. It's almost, uh, yeah, as if it's a screenplay rather than a, a novel. So... I guess that's where the shifting in tone comes, but sometimes it's just like, that's just so clear. I like think it's, it's clear a, the author just wants you to know this, yeah. and so they said it in their own voice. But it's a very fan fiction thing, I think, where it's, um, yeah. where a lot of people would write a novel or something and they put it out there in the world, but this is something that was uh, seen as an interactive media. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where yeah. I, I'm going to write this, and you're going to talk to me about this, and so this is also 
a story and a conversation and a community all in one. And like, I'm allowed to talk about it however I want to talk about it. Like, I'm not trying to fit a set mode or set of conventions. Yeah. Like, to me, this fanfic epitomizes that. And that's actually kind of beautiful to me. It's like, it's not necessarily a novel. It's not a screenplay. It's not really anything. It's just fan fiction. It's just fan fiction. <laughs> yeah. I think the weirdest, weirdest part about it to me is that young me at times flashes like in, like self-awareness about how Ash's amazingness is like like odd like or or like Marty Stewie or whatever like but he seems I seem super dedicated to it like this is what I'm setting out to do very clearly I'm setting out to make Ash super amazing yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I'm doing. That's what you're yeah, doing. That's well, true. Honestly, it reminds me of the video games themselves, where invariably in a Pokemon game, you start off, there's nothing supposed to be exceptional about you, but as you go along, everyone's just like, wow, you're such an amazing car- trainer, and you clearly care so much about your Pokemon. And you're like, oh, I guess I do, yeah, sure. So like, while, while you beat that gym leader, they have a, like two level 10 Pokemon. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I do wonder if that was also like a motivation of, of young me, is like thinking, this video game character literally never loses. That's true. Because so you load if he does. Right. <laughs> and, like, I remember, I think I probably played uh, Pokemon Yellow right before I, I wrote this, based on when it came out. And in Pokemon Yellow, I distinctly remember deciding to make Pikachu beat every other thing in the game mm-hmm. without any other help. Like, beating the entire Elite Four <laughs> yeah. with just Mega Punches. Like level 100 or whatever. That must have been some really terrible grinding early on. I was the master of terrible grinding. Because before that, with the original (laughs) games, I decided, you know this, I decided to level every Pokemon at the same time, like unevolved and evolved versions that were in the game, like one level at a time. I appreciated when Ash was explaining his catch them all goal. He was like, hey, I'm going to catch one of every, you know, species type of Pokemon. So, like, I don't need a Krabby and a Kingler. And I was like, that's very reasonable, Ash. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He did do that. He was, like, very specific in the Pokemon he was going to catch. Uh, and, I mean, it's Generation 1, so that's not even, like, that crazy an idea. Yeah, well, it's exactly how you'd want to play the game, right? It's not how Ash in the anime would do things, because <laughs> no. he would be like, oh, you're a Pokemon and I love you, and so we're going to be friends. Which this Ash also does to an extent, but he's, like, gamifying it mm-hmm. to the degree that the game actually is. But I was, um, I, I couldn't reread this raw as it was. I was rereading um, Amato's Emistings of it. How do uh, they hold up in the cold, harsh light of 2020, Dom? Well... <laughs> <laughs> Some, I think it's I think it's my turn here. <laughs> There's some good parts, uh, but I was going to talk about the number of Pokemon because that was a specific riff you mentioned, mm-hmm. like in it where you mentioned where they talked about how uh, Ash had caught like a, f- a third or a fourth of the Pokemon after catching like 17, mm-hmm. and someone's like that, that math doesn't check out, and you're like, well, actually, you <laughs> <laughs> recounted like each one as a, his own species, and there's only 73, and then like if you get a a certain percentage of that then it was about 18 so that was the right percentage mm-hmm. it just like blew my mind <laughs> I, is that could, did, did could you, you know that have known that I well, don't know because like, Ash responded maybe. appropriately in the fic was like oh yeah that is right that is, I'm, I'm that many that, that much way through the Pokedex uh-huh. in that way <laughs> oh man <laughs> I, mean, I would believe it like you could have done the math 
That, that was in the Bill Lighthouse one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I, I believe you did the math, actually. The Bill Lighthouse one. I like, so, you know, the giant dragonite in the Bill Lighthouse episodes from the anime. <laughs> mm-hmm. But in this, that's where we really get a lot of mythology drop in this fanfic about the Poke Gods. And, you know, Poke Gods, it's, oh, such a nostalgic term. Like, <laughs> only in, like, red and blue in that, like, first game era were we talking about, like, Poke Gods. Of, and like, then P- Pico Blue was a Poke God. <laughs> Pico Blue yeah. was a Poke God, probably. Long before Arceus or whatever. Uh-huh. And so it's like, you know, really upping the the existential importance of the legendary Pokemon, which is fair because, like, the second movie comes out and it's like, like, if you catch this Articuno, the world will burn. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> it was like that level of, like, yeah. you know, bad things yeah, happening. a lot of drama early on. It, it kind of diffuses, I think, a little later in the, the anime. But. And then, yeah, in the first movie, as some people know... <laughs> There's an existential threat to the world because of legendary Pokemon. Well, yeah, that's Mewtwo. Mewtwo doesn't count. <laughs> Mewtwo's just, you know... Not legendary. Not legendary in, like, the godly sense, Hasn't right? been around long well, enough to be legendary. Well, yeah, Mewtwo is something created by man to, like, uh, mock gods. Hubris, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, I think the dialogue is a lot... Is generally a strength. And actually, some of the humor that you added in works well. Mm, and, yeah. like, the Team Rocket content is usually really good. I mean, you know, for... for Team Rocket, like, you know, it's not that hard to make them entertaining, because they're entertaining and we like them. Right. But, like, um, I remember enjoying a lot of that stuff. There's also unintentional comedy. There's sometimes unintentional comedy. Like, in episode three, there's there's a line... (laughs) I actually don't have it on me, but the actual line is... So he played with himself and the stars as he had the night before. Yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> I, I really, that's the one question I wanted to ask you. So later it's, it's alluded to, but it's not referred to as playing, but it's where he makes constellations with, out of stars. Uh, yeah. He just, yeah. But like... I don't think me at the time had any idea what that could otherwise mean. I, I well, mean, I assumed. <laughs> like, I didn't think that's what she meant. Late bloomer, I guess. I distinctly remember from my MSTings, which I wrote in high school as a high schooler, <laughs> that pulling out sexual innuendo from your text was one of, like, my major preoccupations. And it wasn't hard. Y- your own characters in the fanfic got, got tired of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, the only one really worth doing was probably that at one point Misty starts doing hammerspace mallets. Um, and it's called an O-A-G-A-M, all capital. Official anime girl... Attack girls mallet. attack mallet. Yep. Oh, oh, girls. That's, that's very close to something else. <laughs> yes, oh, I yeah. took note. Any, Good point. And the author's not mentioned, it's, it's pronounced Ogum. Ogum. <laughs> and there's there's other, there's other stuff that's just like... I'm, I think... I, I've always thought of myself as being roughly three years younger in terms of naivete. I don't know where I came up with that, but like... I've, like, compared myself to other people. So if this is, like, 10-year-old Tarin, the fact that, like, Flint, Brock's dad, shows up and is like, come with me. And then the next sentence is, they came to Flint's apartment. <laughs> just just this old guy and, and Ash just go to Flint's apartment. It's like, what's wrong with that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Just an old man and a kid. He's well, harmless, also except the, for being a terrible dad. The weirdly charged 
Lieutenant Surge language. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. But, like, I feel like that's only stuff that you would pick on if you were kind of, like, an immature teen. Yeah, that's like, what we're saying. Is that, like, yeah. from the writer's perspective, it was not a thing. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was something I talked a lot about in, in the yeah. graphics. But what I mean is, like, it's... You know, just to clarify, it's not anything that... Except for the playing with yourself bit. Um, is not anything that would, like, jump out at you as a grown-up being, like, that's bizarre. Well, there's, like, something in the first Let's chapter where, like, May was, like, just a perfect what's-in-your-pocket setup or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I also, yeah. I also just remember a, yeah. the extensive discussion about the size of Ash's Mankey, like, being <laughs> probably my favorite part to write. I, I, I really... One, one of my MSTN characters says Baby Got's Back. You're, you're because Baby's here. Got Back about Ash's large Mankey. <laughs> well, when you say it that way... There's a... There's, in the last episode or whatever chapter posted, yeah, yeah, there's there's a bracket that says, "Ooh, I like those, mommy." Oh, yeah. Not. And I have no idea. Yeah, what does that, that mean? What does that mean? Yeah, there were a couple. There were definitely points where I was like, I don't know what that means. Oh, for no, sure. that's okay. Was that something that we said? No. No okay. one said that. Well, I, Wait, but what's I, I the context here? Yeah. Not was a thing. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, not. When did not go out of fashion? <laughs> Probably uh, before 2000. school? Not. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, middle school. Once we left middle school yeah. saying this thing and then not was not popular anymore. <laughs> but, but anyway, yeah. If mo- you go to any middle school now, it's still popular. It's just, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's like a, a fixed point in time. <laughs> All middle school... Just kidding. All right. I think, except for a few things like Ash's constant mansplaining, um, the dialogue mm. is usually fine. But like the the I say the thing that wore on me, and I think it's what you were referring to, Taran, about like earlier you were commenting if you just cut out a lot of this fanfic, like off the air you were saying if you cut out like fifty percent of this fanfic it would be a good read. Mm. The the talk about Ash and Misty's relationship gets so old. And Tori, you were saying you thought that all those conversations like progress things i'm not sure they do but it's like it's like everyone's favorite topic of conversation to talk about ash and misty's feelings to for each other to them but not for them to talk about it to each other and uh, i don't think i said that those conversations progress things <laughs> well maybe not those conversations specifically about that but like you know ash has a conversation with the dragon knight which is the giant dragon knight um <laughs> which you know both about Pokemon lore and the Poke Gods and stuff. And then they start talking about Ash and Misty's relationship. And, like, <laughs> I don't know, it just keeps coming back in the second half of this fanfic. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure it's interesting. You, it, it's, it's clearly a thing that starts halfway through. And you're right, Taran. You definitely did it in response to, uh, to reader feedback. Like, that's, that's what people wanted to read, right? It didn't just come out of nowhere. Well, actually, I, well, yes, because I think... So, at the time, this is referenced in... In the notes and whatever, but it's A A M R was called was was what the community referred to itself, and it just meant Ash and Misty romance fan fiction. Okay, like specifically fan fiction about the two of them being in a romance. Mm. Like a year or two after this, it would change into like 
poke shippers or I don't I don't remember what like shipping became a thing. Yeah, I know like, rocket shipping is the later term for the James <laughs> and Jesse right, pairing, which I also referenced in this as like J A J something, some acronym that wasn't didn't roll off the tongue at all. Would Misty and Ash be mash? <laughs> I, um, yes, I think there's no other way to combine those names. Yeah, Mashti, uh, Mish, Mish, <laughs> Mish. I like it. Um, but yeah, so I think at the time, like, like rather than I don't know how they're categorized on fanfiction.net now or or whatnot, but at the time there was a category of mm. Ash and Misty romance fan fiction out of like only like five and like one of them was team rocket fan fiction and one of them was like pokemon like the pokemon themselves mm-hmm. specifically i think one was lemons which at the time i had no idea what that meant um but yeah one might have been dark no oh, okay makes sense anyway it was a glass a little bit the mm. thank you anyway what I mean is that Ash and Misty's relationship really comes down to, like, they like each other, but they're scared to make a move in fear, for fear of ruining their friendship. Because they're both, and, like, 13. Because they're both, like, 13. Yeah. And that's relatable, but it's a lot less it's... interesting to read about once you're out of middle school, <laughs> I feel like. I feel like it's fine the oh, first man. time. So and the then time. the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, mm-hmm. eighth, ninth, blah, 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 infinity times, it's not. A it's third... just boring. Yeah. It's just redundant. It's, like... But also, this is written by a 13-year-old probably experiencing, like, 13-year-old things. Yeah, you see the author exploring all that, like, romantic theory, you know, like, romantic, like, philosophy kind of stuff. And, like, it's got to have been a whole lot more interesting for the author to write than for us to read. I Mm -hmm. vaguely remember teasing my brother about possible crushes Mm -hmm. a lot at the time. (laughs) And I wonder if that's sort of what this is, is like, I thought it was funny to make fun of people having romantic feelings enough that it wouldn't be super boring after like six chapters of a third of the chapter. Oh, you you love Misty, don't you? No, I don't. Because there was a lot of characters that talked like that in the the fanfic where they tried to tease Ash about that. Was that extension of... It's like every character. Yeah, Pikachu (laughs) does it the most. And Brock. Well, yeah, I mean, everybody does it, but... Constantly. (laughs) But yeah, it is. It's like every time, like, someone tries to confront Ash or Misty about their real feelings about one another, it starts out serious and then turns into an oh, Mm -hmm. ha-ha. I I try to imagine what the, like, what the community's response to it was. Like, because I would assume that they would get bored as well. But if there was continuing positive feedback, like, a whole bunch of maybe children... Like yeah. teasing or like enjoying teasing like a character about another character, even though it's so hard to read now. <laughs> I mean, every time Pikachu makes fun of Ash for having a crush on Misty, I actually think it's super funny. And part of the what I really like about this fanfic is that Pikachu has a voice. The Pokemon all have a voice, but mm-hmm. Pikachu has the strongest voice because of a psychic connection. Pikachu acts like a grown up, like you know, like knowing more. About 
about life than Ash does and, and teases Ash all the time. And it's actually super cute um, in certain ways. It comes it becomes a little redundant, but it's kind of funny. Um, the ways in which he teases Ash about Misty, I don't like quite as much. <laughs> Because I, yeah, that's redundant. Yeah. But. Is there talk about, like, if you leave them alone together, they'll come back with an egg or something? <laughs> <laughs> that would be better. <laughs> yeah, that's the next generation, yeah. I'm afraid. Uh, <laughs> um, it's kind of funny because it makes Pikachu way more of a character. And he's still, like, the same, like, ketchup-loving little mouse thing. But he's but got that, a, a uh, voice and a personality. It's the Chewbacca principle where, like, why... Yeah have a character in a story and not have it be an actual character mm-hmm. that can talk. Yeah, Pikachu seems less like a like a pet cat and more like a, you know, like actual human yeah, yeah. being friend. So to change topics a little, I as I was reading this, I remembered, like, I remembered that the, the battle fight scenes, I remember feeling a strange amount of pride in those specifically. And now they're, again... Super hard to read. Um, but I'm guessing that fight scenes were, like, a prized commodity at the time. I don't know why exactly, but, like, maybe it was just difficult to describe anime Pokemon fights because they don't make any sense. Um, because you can use fire and water to destroy stuff. You know, like, all sorts of weird made-up in the anime, like, Double Team does something different. Agility does something different from the games. Like, in this in this fic, Double Team is, like, the ultimate move. Mm. Like, I will just make a bunch of copies of myself, and every time you right. attack, one of them goes away. <laughs> it, it kind of is the ultimate move, though. I mean, like, they use it in the anime like that, too, right? Just not they consistently. Do. Yeah. No, they do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is another point of kind of interest for this fic is they attach the detail to how attacks manifest in the anime and using that in this fic. So like you said, Taran, you you felt like you were writing a chapter as like the episodes came out, basically. Is that what you're saying? I think they'd come out already, but okay. because I didn't have like... Like I... <laughs> So the way that it worked was that on the WB, or I think it was the WB at the time, yeah, they would come out once per week, or maybe twice per week on, on like a Saturday, Saturday morning cartoon or whatnot. <clears throat> and they would start at the beginning, and then they'd go to the end of like 52 episodes or whatever, and then they'd start over again. So in order to catch... Them all? Them all, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'd have to you'd have to wait um, maybe two three months to get back around to that that point in the rotation and that that the first episode when it finally came back around I started recording them um, back in the really harsh days of watching stuff. Now all good things come to an end and so does Bolamo. Uh, Tarin, could you tell us what the circumstances were that caused you to abandon this fanfic? I can't. Yeah, you just kind of stopped at some point. Yeah. That was a really harsh way to put it. <laughs> abandon this fan pick. I, I'm being mean to Taran in multiple ways here. Why'd you abandon yeah. all your fans and your community? Oh, you had one. You had fans. You had a community, it sounds like. I know. Yeah. I, you had Talent Scout who, like, saved it. There's a note that says, but that felt like 
a really long time afterwards. Well, sure. But, I mean, they must have saved it at the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, like before you removed it from online. There's an author's note that said I was running into school homework, but that mm. doesn't really sound like me. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, you actually mentioned in multiple author's notes that the reason you put off a chapter or something was because of homework. Because school, you blame school. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that was probably a factor, but I usually, if I was motivated, was able to get my homework done and also just write and write and write. I mean, I think you and I were in the same classes at that point, and th- that didn't hinder me. Then again, I didn't do any homework, <laughs> so that might have been it. <laughs> That's right. We haven't... We haven't Spoken to the fact that this was just around the time I met Amato and Tom. Mm-hmm. I, I was going to ask, was this around the? Did you write this about sixth grade, seventh grade, or something? Yeah, I, I think I started writing it when I was twelve, and I started publishing it when I was thirteen. Mm-hmm. Um, so twelve would be sixth grade, right? Right. That's when you were the quiet kid that doodled swords in the. Yeah, <laughs> that was me too. <laughs> Drew a ridiculous. You were the of one in a different school. <laughs> Same school, different grade. Oh, oh, different grade. Right, that's why. And, well, and, and Tarn, I knew you before. Like, we yeah. had met in elementary school and such. Mm-hmm. I joined in on one of Tarn's dad's D&D games very, very briefly in, <laughs> in like, third grade or something. Like, two, one and a half sessions, I don't remember. And we, we, be, we all became friends hanging out at the library in, like, seventh grade, right? Yeah, that's what we're talking about now. Yeah, I, I met Mono independently, then we all met each other <laughs> yeah. conglomerated <laughs> incorporated so I think that's why I was impressed when I originally read this because like someone I knew at that time period wrote something that was so comprehensive mm. and uh, technically proficient <laughs> I didn't share it with anyone I knew in real life except for my brother who was just an, an incredible like font of support which was interesting because we had at that time, he's been on the podcast, Galen. Yeah. Yes. Um, we had at that time sort of an odd relationship where he would deliberately annoy me and I would be annoyed with him constantly. But this was like something we actually bonded over is our love for fan fiction and his enjoyment of my writing about it mm. when he was like 10. So mm-hmm. kind of nice to remember. So anyway. did, did Galen, like, help edit or read or proof chapters <laughs> no. or something? Or just reacted to it? <laughs> did, yeah, he didn't give me any any insight, I think. I think it may have bounced ideas off of him and be like, yes, that sounds good, you know. Mm-hmm. Because there are some author notes in here that refer to your brother. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about <laughs> Which I those. think was uh, created in the fiction as a different author or character or something. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I totally forgot about this part. <laughs> I had two different fan fiction personas, mm-hmm. and one of them, so so I would write under Flareon, my pen name or whatever, um, on, on fanfiction.net, and then people would um, flame me or whatever, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. But they weren't like legitimate criticisms, I don't think. They were just like, I don't like Ash and Missy or some, something sure. like that. Uh-huh. And then Galen came up with his own fanfiction account <laughs> where he called himself... Umbreon. I think it was Umbreon. Yeah, it says so in this fic. Okay, cool, yeah. Um, and he would respond to them. And then later, I would post stuff under his <laughs> profile about, like... I think I did, like, a couple of song fics which were entirely re- revolving around specific songs or Pokemon songs. Mm-hmm. 
Um, huh. Yeah. He, I don't think he ever wrote anything himself, but yeah. Oh, so all your talk in this about supporting your brother. It is. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was talk, me talking about myself. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Mind blown. I was arrogant then. I'm slightly less arrogant now. <laughs> so you say. You're conceited. <laughs> well, for whatever reason you fizzled out, maybe just because you were keeping it up at such a, like, it sounds like pretty cranking them out pace. Yeah. Um, it ends at chapter 17, which is the Island of Giant Pokemon episode, mm-hmm. except that's gotten tied up in a whole bunch of, like, new plot threads at this point in Wilamo. It's, like, at this point, it's diverging more and more. Mm-hmm. And so Pikachu is, like, a messenger of Zapdos, who is, you know, basically a god at this point. Like, he's he's specifically deployed by Zapdos, like, to do, to teleport some people around while he's supercharged in the previous chapter and that kind of thing. Uh, he eventually is going to be evolving into, like, a super powerful form called Redo. Redo. <laughs> Probably Redo. And you've got these two characters from the future stock, not from the future, two characters with like prophecy powers or whatever. They're Pokemon warriors. Pokemon warriors, Spike and Flare. They're not actually his cousins. They say cousins. But that's, they specifically say that that's how they refer to other people they think of as Pokemon warriors. They're Hawaiian. There's an explanation, I guess, that Flare is his. Flair is his cousin. Cousin, yeah. and then Spike. I think in my head, Spike was from the future. Yeah, that's what yeah. I picked up on. Yeah, okay. We'll get, yeah, we'll get to in a moment. Um, and so, yeah, it just stops abruptly. And in there's 18 chapters listed on the um, Talent Scout posting. Mm-hmm. The 18th chapter is basically Talent Scout asking someone else to pick up the story and continue it. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. The 18th chapter is basically Talent Scout asking for someone else to pick up the story and continue it. Mm -hmm. And I had to do a little bit of digging because when I was reading this, I remembered some things that I had completely forgotten for many years. Mm. I did some digging in my email that I've never cleared out and have not changed for many a year. Talent Scout must have emailed you about continuing the fanfic at some point. Oh. Because you directed Talent Scout to me Mm. and said, like, yeah, go ask that guy to, like, continue the fanfic. Because I must have mentioned something to you at some point about ideas for, like plot continuation or whatever the end result is i wrote most of the next chapter of lamo <laughs> i did and like in my mind i was like oh yeah i wrote like a couple of scenes i wrote ten thousand words wow. it's like longer than most of the chapters in actual lamo i didn't finish the chapter i think i had another scene that i needed there uh but i wrote a significant amount and i pulled it out of like the depths of one of my external hard drives where like things have moved to die after being transferred <laughs> off of old CDs that were burned or whatever back in the day. And, like, I got it out and I shared it with you all. And I think, Tarin, you read it. I did. So to be clear, this was me writing pastiche of 13-year-old Tarin. I was specifically <laughs> trying amazing. to write it in the style of Lamo, at least to a certain extent. This and uh, college age motto? This was college age me. I must have been... Totally out of my mind on being a college student with no social life and therefore too much free time or whatever. Um, And so I was trying to, like, figure out what the plot threads would have been and, like, pick up them in a way that made sense, though not in a way that Tarin intended necessarily. Because I I didn't consult with you on them, I don't think so. We may have talked about it. If, If so then uh, the main thing that I was going to do next did not happen in, in the chapter that you wrote. Mm-hmm. And that is, so, 
So the previous chapter ends in sort in a literal cliffhanger where <laughs> Misty's hanging off Misty's a cliff. hanging off a cliff, mm-hmm. and Ash is like slipping, about to let her fall. And I think because I was sort of done with, um, I, I may have missed like recording an, the next episode or something. Or, like, it was diverging so much that I had to be too original, and, like, mm-hmm. that prevented me from really wanting to continue the fanfic. Um, I was just going to make that the point where Ash turns into a Super Saiyan. Okay. In order to, like, bring her up onto the cliff or something. Um, but that is not what happens. In my version? Yeah. In no, my- I, w- I went a different direction. It, was this you making fun of Taran's writing style, Amato? I was earnestly trying to emulate it. There are certain points where okay. I deliberately did something bad because that's what 13-year-old Taran would have done. <laughs> well, it's Taran, just... I, Taran identified a random author note say. at a scene change that I put in where I said, like, in author note brackets, and now for something completely different. And that was... I knew that was not good writing. That was just me trying to maintain tone. In the second paragraph of this uh-huh. this 18th chapter that Abato wrote, it says, Inwardly, Ash cursed himself. If only he was stronger, he would be able to pull Misty up and save her. The frustration he felt when he had lost the game Pokemon League tournament or any other time he couldn't live up to what he felt was his full potential was nothing compared to the self-hatred he felt now. But, but <laughs> no, to be I, honest, the game Pokemon League does come up big deal. several I times know, in his backstory. I know, but this is like... <laughs> I honestly think I was enjoying Llama way more writing this than I was when I was writing my MSTings. Like, at that point, I was just being, you know, totally mean to it. And for this, I think I was having fun trying to do the Wolamo thing, mm-hmm. writing chapter 18. And when I reread it, like, for this episode, I was pretty pleased with it, actually. <laughs> like, I thought I thought I was... I the, the amount of attention to detail I had to do just to make anything make sense from the previous mm-hmm. chapter, I, I was impressed that I actually did it. I thought my dialogue was pretty entertaining sometime. Like, my Pokemon fights were as competent as they ever yeah. were in this fanfic. Like, I don't know. I liked it. Of course, <laughs> I was going a different direction with the plot. And, like, in my terrible author's note at the end, I'm like, oh, yeah, I feel like clearly it was supposed to be like, Ash was going to be super awesome. And, like, that's how the story was going to go. And that's boring. And I'm not doing that. Well, you do a lot more um, script format in this than, than Taran does in the original what? fic. It's script it's, format? It's all script format in the original. Yeah. What? Yeah. It's all script format. It doesn't seem that way sometimes because people think in enormous blocks or whatever, but... Yeah, there's still character, comma, uh, description, Don't what they're doing agree. and what they say. Hmm. I also think there's more... Um, well, maybe not. I don't know. There's quite a bit of narrative in the, in the, in the general text, but it it is less annoying. <laughs> like I don't think you managed to capture how annoying the original writing was. I wasn't trying to. I was only doing that kind of thing to the extent that it amused myself. Mm. I wasn't doing it like to make it indistinguishable from the original. Um, but yeah, there's like long scenes of the Pokemon talking to each other because a bunch of the Pokemon are separated at this point. I I introduced some second generation Pokemon, and you know at this point I had been playing like I don't know Emerald or whatever. Like third generation was out. Sizer. But, but I didn't do, didn't do any of those because I thought that was a little bit too much of a leap mm. from the Wolamo world. And so, like, the the second generation Pokemon that show up here are... Is it just Sizer? It's Sizer. 
Yeah, and the it's introduced as being a Team Rocket innovation that the metal code allows it to, you know, right. evolve. Anyway. And then there's the Espion and the Umbreon. Oh, Espion and Umbreon, that's right. I don't know if they... I don't know if they were in an earlier chapter. No, they weren't. Oh, okay. They, they were not. The Flareon was, which I think I forgot when I did this because I reintroduced it. Right. Those two new characters, Spike, like Flare has in this a couple of Eeveelutions, and so I gave the other one the new Eeveelutions that are super cool. Mm-hmm. Spike's named after Spike from Buffy, which was mm. interesting. Not, I thought you were going to say Spike from... Yeah. <laughs> I know. A little bit too early. That was a that was like a little mini comment like, oh, I think it's this spike. I think it's this spike. It's like you're right, it's Buffy Spike for some reason. <laughs> well, if it wasn't clear, the way I was going with the meta plot here mm. was that the Island of Giant Pokemon is of course a in construction amusement park. But that's a cover. For it being a Team Rocket base for horrible Team Rocket experiments. But that's a cover because Giovanni had the Rocket base built there entirely because he wanted to guard a certain thing that only he knew about, which is the Saiyan space pod that Ash arrived in as a baby. <laughs> right. And at the end of the fanfic, at the end of this chapter, like as far as I wrote, it ends with Ash having fallen down a cliff, saving Misty, and you know, being like unconscious and all that. Mm-hmm. He gets put in the Saiyan pod just as like a protecting from falling rocks sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And, but then it closes up and Miss, Missy can't open it again. And he was totally going to come out. You know, this was going to be a Saiyan space pod by way of Superman. That's also like kind of like a learning thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. He was going to come out as a murderous, like reactivated Saiyan, you know, world conquering rampager, completely still insufferable, but you know, now like evil. And like have a tail? <laughs> um, I don't remember my plan for explaining the tail thing. Mm-hmm. But... But his dad definitely found him on this island originally, and, like, maybe they did something about the tail, like, so that he would blend in or whatever. Mm. It would not be too much of a jump for Ash's illusions about himself to sort of shift and then him be totally committed to destroying whatever. I I think there was going to be, like, a split in his Pokémon of, like, you know, keeping on with the Pokémon as characters about the ones that were going to, like, stick with him and the ones that were going to oppose him. And the only other thing I remember from my plot plans was I think getting Pikachu permanently into Reddo form was going to be a big deal. Mm. And to do that, they were going to have to, to, like, hurry up that process. I think I was going to send him off to Hoenn because they would need a Plusle and a Minin to, like, Mm. you know, to charge him up more permanently or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. That's all I remember. <laughs> That's all. Just, just a couple of well-thought-out plot points. <laughs> uh, did we explain what the Reddo was? It's a super-powered Pikachu that apparently is known enough that like there's been more than one, apparently. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's, not, it's not a unique well, individual in like Zapdos. Don't just shrug at his turn. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember it at all. Well, it's explained as there are Pikachus who can uh, evolve into... Redo, redo. Which are demigods under Reddo? Zapdos's administration. Correct. In my in my, in my head, it was Rado. By the way, Rado. Oh, Rado. Rado. Thank you. Um, described as a butler to Zapdos, <laughs> but also a couple other things. They also put as like akin to Hermes and the other Greek messengers as like yes. a, a, a yeah. Greek gods, like a messenger of Zapdos. It was right. really the butler thing that like stood out to me. I was like, what? What? Because <laughs> like, it literally describes the Rado. 
Yep. <laughs> as being like a super powered thing in this. Like, and also Butler to Zapdos. It's like, uh. You don't need to be that super powered to Butler. I think Alfred proves that <laughs> exactly, every day. Yeah. I think Alfred proves that you need to be extremely super powered to Butler. <laughs> well, you like, just need to be super powered to know how to deal with a silver patina properly. There you go. <laughs> there are all sorts of superpowers. That is true. Well, yeah. apparently there's more than one Rito at a time. So one. Uh, no, Rito. there's never been more than two. Oh, okay, two. So one is the Butler and one is the gentleman's gentleman who helps Zapdos get dressed. <laughs> There you go. But anyway, Pikachu becomes a super butler. So. <laughs> End of story. Only, I think that's only temporarily. And somehow the weirdest part that stuck with me is trying to imagine Zapdos getting dressed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like Zapdos' design. It's completely... You don't know what you're looking at, but it, it's like cool. It is a bird that has been totally electrocuted. And likes it, or it's something, a, or is angry about it. It's sane hair brought to life. <laughs> it, it's just like, it's just is so yeah. Alive? It's a sane hair brought to life. Yeah, it's a sane yeah. hair Pokemon. Because Moltres <laughs> is just like literally a chicken that has been plucked and set on fire. Mm-hmm. And Articuno is a dove. And you look at Zapdos and you're like, okay, uh, <laughs> is that like feathers? It looks like something I would have drawn. Just rough, sharp lines all together. Some broken glass. <laughs> Right. It's so like I'm, a child was let loose in a field of broken glass, and it made a Zapdos. It's like a bird of paradise of some kind, because they're all crazy. A bird of paradise? That's a flower. Is it? Yeah. It is. What's the What's the bird that makes all this, that mimics... N- noises called? A chat Oh, um... <laughs> uh, what? Mima bird? No. Yeah. There's a name for it. All right, all right. It's a Zapdos. We're, we're probably going to cut this anyways. <laughs> <laughs> you say that, Dom, but you rarely do. Well, that would require work. <laughs> yeah. Okay. God forbid. I mean, Zapdos forbid. Rado forbid. <laughs> so I think that at least briefly addresses all of what legends are made of. And it's various spin-offs that I wrote. Did we mention <laughs> the full, me. full title of the fanfic? Oh, no, you're right. That's the most important part. Do you remember it? It's been mentioned before. <laughs> On the podcast, yeah, it has. Uh, let me look at chapter one. I was asking you, Don, because I do. I remember. Luckily, uh, it, go ahead, then. luckily it's on every chapter is the full <laughs> yes. title. Yes. Alternate. Re- uh, tell me if I'm wrong. Alternate reality story one. What legends are made of. Saga one. Where it all began. Chapter X, chapter whatever, and then the title of the chapter. Technically, it's Saga 1, The Legend Begins. The Legend Begins, okay. (laughs) Yeah, apparently I was going to change the title. When a new saga started. No. uh, (laughs) When a new alternate reality story started. (laughs) At some point I... a new alternate reality story. At some point in brackets I say I'm thinking of changing the name to The Legendary Love Story of Ash and Misty. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you did no, say that. No, this is better. Don't, don't but, do that. <laughs> okay, I gotta ask. I just gotta ask. That's what we're here for. Why were you so interested in Ash and Misty being together? Hmm. I think I had sort of a crush on Misty, for mm-hmm. one thing. But it, why? I don't know. Okay, I mean, that's fair. You know, you were young, but... Because... Go on. Tori, she's like the only reoccurring female character in a franchise that he was super into. Well, that and Nurse yeah. Joy and the Blue Jenny. No, no. Those, <laughs> those, those are not are characters. Not, those no. are abominations. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> and technically, there are different characters over time. That is technically true, yes. <laughs> and, like, she showed a lot of skin, mm-hmm. which is a yeah. weird thing for me to, like, at that point in time. I don't know. Maybe it isn't. 
But well, also she was soon soon there or whatever, yep. you know. Mm-hmm. And I was into girls being sort of masculine or something. Sort of soon soon dere dere. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not masculine. It's in fact, it's quite the opposite. It's just being assertive, really. I'm not sure what masculine means anymore. <laughs> that is fair. <laughs> well, I mean, I think in a very, like, misogynistic sense, I imagine that that's what people thought of. Like, women being assertive would be women being crazy. masculine. Yeah, yeah there but, you go. you know, she's very into being a woman. Um, just a very aggressive woman. Right. You know what I found out when, like, looking back into Pokemon anime a little bit? Is that her Starmie, like, barely ever shows up in the anime and is not very powerful. Mm-hmm. It's very weird. Because, like, remembering the video game, it's all about just Misty's Starmie being a shit wrecker. Oh, it was, yeah. like, an impossible really barrier. hard, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Onyx, on the other hand, was incredibly Pushover. easy. Yeah. It looks like it should be so intimidating and its attack is so low that it just, like, doesn't matter. Though, ironically, mm-hmm. because all the sprites are the same size, Onyx looks <laughs> like, a, like a little rope animal or something. Mm. Anyway... Anyway, what were we talking about? Misty. Yeah, well, I think... <laughs> and, and Tori, the idea when, of Ash and Misty getting together. To speak for Tarin, at yes, 13 please. years old, like, he came into <laughs> fanfiction through Pokemon Master and such, and, like, the Ash-Misty well, romance ship was a big deal hmm. among yeah. Pokemon fans at the time, well, so it's like, if you go in and you're reading about it also, then, like, it becomes more prominent in your well, mind, probably. I, I mean, I, I'm not unfamiliar with it. I felt like the Ash and Misty romance was really prominent in the movie. Like, that moved me a lot when I thought they might get together in that film. And there was the whole Misty song. Like, I felt it, too. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, it's just my curiosity. It's like, was it purely that about Misty, though? Or was it, like, you know, what about Ash moved you? You know, that... that I mean, like, I mean, I was moved by, I felt like I was Ash, too, identified with the character, so. I think Ash was a pretty good blank slate for kids to project mm-hmm. into. Um, yeah, but I also feel like Misty was in a certain way, too, a way to project, because, but, like, as a stronger person, you know, Misty was very strong and aggressive, and I felt like that would be a way to project, like, a stronger version of yourself. But, like, so. the anime wasn't about Misty. It was very much about Ash Right, all it time. was, yeah. Yeah. So you always felt like you were Ash. Yeah. But, hmm. I don't know. I was just curious. I was also very much... Romantic isn't the word. Desperate? Like, romantically desperate for, like, a really long time. Um, I had but a lot of... We were 13? yeah. No. <laughs> That's not a word that a, those aren't words like, that apply I, to thirteen year olds. I'm I, sorry. I don't, I don't, I don't think know. I was aware of sex at the time. Yeah. But I was like super into the idea of kissing someone. I think Yeah. I mean sure, I well maybe those are the perfect words to apply to thirteen year olds, never yeah. mind. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds about accurate to me. It's yeah, like fair this enough, seems fair this enough. seems like an extremely encompassing like thing that you're not actually engaging in but thinking about all the time no actually you're right (laughs) i think it's fair to say like romance interested or yeah Mm -hmm. i guess yeah it's weird to look at it from adult perspective but i guess that really is what it is because there's a lot of this fanfic that's about questioning what that is what that means and it's kind of telling that there's no answer in the fanfic Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it's left kind of it -hmm. just kind of left (laughs) especially yeah the thing about cycling through the relationship between Ash and Misty, like, 
as grown-ups, they would have come together at that point, but they're not grown-ups. It's, it's, it's hard being a teenager. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very much. Even if you're mature enough to go on a Pokemon journey. <laughs> <laughs> mature enough to own something that can burn down a house. <laughs> <laughs> or a city. Yeah. Uh, all right. I think we should probably have closing thoughts, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything that we think is criticism that would be fair to level against this fanfic as opposed to the unfair criticism of just, like, this 13-year-old is not the best writer? I don't know. Um, I never liked a character that was good at everything. That, that was never interesting to me. Yeah. And I, I, I never thought well of myself, so that it always seemed very unrelatable. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> maybe you need to go beat more monkeys in maybe, uh, yeah, this maybe fight to feel more, better about yourself. More punch more animals. Yeah. <laughs> Just gotta try harder, Dom. I guess so. <laughs> I now like the monkey fist fight, knowing this was conceived as like a spiritual prequel to Pokemon Master, <laughs> as massive foreshadowing for Ash beating up um, Bruno. Bruno in like a physical fight. I'm sure that was an inspiration. Anyway, yeah, I, and I think. That is fair to level against it also in the sense that it it was clearly in the author's mind as a thing that might be a problem, mm-hmm. but it just wasn't enough for 13-year-old Tarin to, like, steer away from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's just, yeah, Ash is insufferable. Like, And, and I would say that, I mean, I've re- I, I did used to read a lot of fan fiction well, a long time ago, around this time, um, and I think this may be the most egregious like, self-insertion, like, ultra-powering of a character I've... I've just well, there a, is Pokemon Master. There's Pokemon Master, but it's... It, which is similar, but it's not as constant of, like, every other character being I, just a, so into him. You might be too know. harsh on your own works here. I, I think the other one was pretty egregious. Yeah, no, I think Pokemon Master is way worse. And I... Think it because it's way more misogynistic. It's way more like making Ash super powered. This is not making Ash that super powered compared to Pokemon Master. Compared to Pokemon Master. Compared to Pokemon Master. (laughs) Which is like basically the only thing you compare it to in terms of making Ash super powered. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, it is really kind of hard to read this when it's like the idea and the author has such a presence here in stating the idea that Ash is humble, mm-hmm. that Ash is a good person. However, you get this Ash who's, like, perfect at everything, and you're like, that's not a person I could ever relate to. <laughs> no human is that way. Mm-hmm. No human is perfect at everything. And furthermore, the author goes on to state, Ash is perfect at everything, and yet Ash continues to make these mistakes that the author doesn't go on to understand. Like, Ash thinks of Misty in kind of misogynistic ways at times. Or Ash makes mistakes in assuming what his Pokemon, you know, actually feel. And the author doesn't acknowledge those assumptions. Except maybe quite towards the end where we have one thing where it's very convoluted. Misty criticizes him Mm -hmm. because he apologizes to his Pokemon, and that's Misty's criticism of him is apologizing to his Pokemon. Well, it's because... Because he couldn't have known... Descending into a dangerous situation that he had no possible way of knowing. 
And so and she's Misty's saying, like, yeah, that's you, bad leadership because you made a perfectly good call. And that, to me, was, uh, that's also criticism, because that's ridiculous. You know, like, she's saying, it's bad leadership for you to basically show the fact that you made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that was silly. I'll be honest. I actually appreciated that couple paragraphs more than almost every other part of this fanfic. Not because it was good any anyway, yeah. but just because there was some sort of conflict. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Yeah, and conflict about yeah. Ash's behavior, which you know, totally. Yeah, is scarce on the ground because there there are misunderstand misunder there are confusion among people for why Ash does what he does like every single episode chapter or whatnot but it's but always, always immediately explained <laughs> by Ash why he's amazing yeah. and why they are yeah. wrong and it's oh it's insufferable and that's basically where I was going yeah, yeah. I said it's just yeah it's always it's always ridiculously easy and Tarin to close off criticism if you had to say something to 13 year old writer you as a single comment, what would you tell them to improve this work? <laughs> How to improve it? Yeah, just get an editor to take out every single thing where you're talking to yourself <laughs> um, and make Ash worse. Like, make Ash more normal. Um, Tarin, that's two things. Hey. <laughs> we all. Re- so the second thing was just reiterating what everyone else, everyone including myself, hate about this. Mm. I see. Well, we should send you off feeling better about your 13-year-old self than this. So what praise do we have for this fanfic to close out the episode? I was mentioning that um, I, I didn't have enough time to go through, re- reread the whole thing. I did read it back when I was in high school or so. Mm-hmm. But what I did go back and read a lot of was the uh, uh, notes after, uh, at the end of chapters. They'd have a chapter, and then they would end with a narrator talking about what's going to happen next, and then the Flareon character would appear. <laughs> right. <laughs> and th- th- they had this whole narrative that went through at the end of every chapter where James would come out complaining about their role in the fic, and Flareon would talk back. And there was this whole other story on top of everything else. Well, that's very fan fiction, actually. Well, yeah, where like, uh, James was talking about talking about the fanfic to the fanfic author and the author yeah. then became a character in the setting even at the even to the point where where James would be able to pull Florian into the fic and put James out and then had control of the fanfic for like a hot second <laughs> yeah I remember that a lot from fanfic I used to read it's kind of surprising we haven't run into that kind of thing before yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. I think it might be because it's a hallmark of not great fanfiction that might be true it could be but like I this is kind agree. of thing where I enjoyed it a lot sincerely when I first read it, and now I really enjoy it on a millennial-like meta level, <laughs> where there's this unnecessary super layer above the the story with, about another story where the person writing the story is in the story, and I really enjoyed that through line. It's very deliberately meta. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and it's it's sort of like a thing when you read about celebrities, you know, in tabloids almost. It's like. The idea of the creator of the medium being a part being of Being a character medium. in it. Yeah, yeah, being a character in it. Um, and, and I feel like that's always kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And th- those segments were actually pretty fun. I'd like to expand that a little bit, because I think in theme, Ash is insufferable, 
and reading about him is no fun. But anything that's not related to Ash's Pokemon journey tends to be pretty interesting. Mm. Like a lot of the world building, the dialogue between characters that are not Ash or not about Ash. This fanfic needs some kind of Bechdel test, though, for like <laughs> how many mm-hmm. times do characters talk not to Ash or not about Ash? Yeah. Um, like, I mean, that's, you know, that's a different emphasis than the normal Bechdel test. But in any case... Not that far off. Because <laughs> most, most conversations are with or about Ash. But when they're not... The dialogue tends to be fun. That's why a lot of the Team Rocket stuff is fun. Like, I like, you know, I like a lot of the kind of peripheral content here. And it's usually easy reading and pleasant reading at times like that. It's just that things get sucked back into the Ash Vortex too often. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. There's an implication that Team Rocket might be aliens because of (laughs) the fact that they can like survive in space from being blasted off or whatever i like that idea <laughs> um you get some Clefla- clefairy lore like the clefairies go back into space is that from the original episode i, I think that yeah, might be a combination of, of the episode and the manga yeah, yeah the in manga. the mount moon episode they talk oh, about the clefairies yeah. coming to earth yeah. in like a stone shape yeah that's spaceship. right i can't remember if i came up with the idea that they had created their own spaceship out of spare parts they'd found around human civilization but kept crashing it because it wasn't really the moonstone spaceship that was definitely you (laughs) (laughs) well that's entertaining yeah a lot of the world building's entertaining yeah like pokemon centers apparently have room for rent yeah that's cool um, you set up this whole thing where people train on the Pokemon video game before they can apply for their license. And most of the time that's used just to make it clear that Ash is super cool. Mm. But like conceptually, like a lot of these ideas are not bad or like they're kind of cool or interesting or like a nice twist on things. Yeah, simulator training before the real thing. Why not? Yeah, that's, that's neat. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it also is a way for me to like sort of backdoor explain why the, the attacks in... in the anime style were different. It's because, mm-hmm. oh, that's just a game, right? Mm-hmm. That's not the real world. We can stick a Charmander's tail inside a Squirtle's <laughs> shell to, like... Destroy the hydrogen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> destroy the hydrogen because oh. apparently Squirtle combines hydrogen and oxygen inside itself to create water. Yep. Yeah, that was the first point where the folklocks lost me a bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The idea being, that like, you could burn up the hydrogen because apparently the water doesn't already exist. The squirtle is manufacturing water in its a, well, shell. There's a lot of strange like misunderstandings yeah. in this. Like it, in Star Trek science. Well, in yeah. chapter six, there's a line that says, where Professor Oak says, we never studied this one because scientists are unsure of its capabilities. <laughs> it's like, wait. That's how science works. <laughs> yeah. But anyway... I think we're coming around to my praise for this. Yes. Are, are we at me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. go for it. Cool. Um, actually, I had a lot of fun reading this. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, I mean, everything that we've criticized is true. Ash is super powered, and sometimes it's difficult to read his character. But this is kind of going through the Pokemon series episode by episode, but adding so much more to it. And I really actually loved hearing the voices of the Pokemon. Mm. I think that's maybe the strongest thing I felt in this. Um, everything felt very cohesive, but like especially hearing Pikachu's voice. Pikachu sounded like an adult and like a confidant of Ash and like Ash's best friend as he identifies himself as Ash's best friend. 
And the fact that he teases him frequently about his love for Misty is actually just reinforcing that relationship. It was kind of cute. And then furthermore, he's going to evolve into this greater thing, this uh, Rado? Ray- mm-hmm. Yeah, Rado? Play- Play-Doh. <laughs> yeah, what else? Um, and he knows this, and he wants to hold off on it for as long as possible because he wants to stay as Ash's companion. And there's just a lot of emotion in the Ash-Pikachu relationship, which is what I remember loving so much about the movies and the series. And I feel like the author, 13-year-old Taran, 12-year-old Taran. Both. Either way. <laughs> captured this extremely, extremely well. The author's 13 and 12-year-old Taran <laughs> captured this extremely well. And it, it, it hit home for me. And it made me feel the feels. I don't think anything is gained by having the other Pokemon talk because they don't have enough time to develop their personalities. But I'm with you on Pikachu. It is a mm-hmm. good addition to have Pikachu as, like, the fourth person in the group. Yeah, and if I could send one note back to 12-year-old, 13-year-old Tarn, it would be that once the Pokemon start talking, you don't need to put the Pokemon sounds before <laughs> right. the dialogue. Mm-hmm. But, Agreed. like, content inside and everything else aside, it's technically very proficient for, like, a, such a young kid to put together. I was impressed at the time. I'm still impressed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean... I think I'm the only one at this table here that hasn't published a writing online. That sounds true. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I think Ruina Zanre still beats 13-year-old Tarin in terms of writing chops, mm-hmm. but you're our second best young teen fanfic author that we've covered on this fanfic <laughs> podcast. Out of, out of two. Well, you know, to be fair, I have no idea how old most of our authors were when they wrote their stuff. So <laughs> who knows? We, we have covered some teens. We have. Yeah. You're um, pretty young for this. I think you're... Aren't you the youngest? Like, uh, 12? When, 12 is the youngest. Yeah, I guess even Zan Ray, the, the yeah. Smurfs podcast... Sir, Smurfs podcast. Well, that <laughs> the was, Smurfs fanfic author they, was a little bit older Oh, no, they were 11. Oh, 11. Yeah, never mind. Oh, never mind. Yeah. Sorry, Tarn. Yeah. <laughs> you fell behind our Smurfs. I guess... I will find and destroy her. <laughs> <laughs> I guess Tarn just was not the very best, like no one ever was. To go back in time... Anyway. Yeah. Okay. And I think we've got to close it out. But Tarin, thanks very much for suggesting doing this and being willing to do it, which I think takes a lot of something. <laughs> Arrogance. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think maybe the opposite. Something. I think deep-rooted humility might be the opposite. Almost as there. much humility as Ash has in this fanfic. <laughs> Let's praise Tarin for his humility. Yes. What else am I great at? (laughs) (laughs) Martial arts and raising Pokemon. Telling more than one Pokemon to do something at the same time. Oh, man. Every time Ash comes up with something in this fanfic where it's like, what, no one's ever tried to use one more than one Pokemon at once, Ash? Misty seems shocked. She's like, that's really hard. But he's like, you just told Pikachu to do Thundershock and... You know, charming to do Ember. That's, like, all he did. There's one point where Gary, like, tells his Pokemon what to do by, like, clapping his hands and stomping or whatever. And I'm like, oh, that's actually maybe slightly skillful. I don't know. <laughs> Gary's better than Ash. Yeah, we I, know well, I kind of liked how you made Gary in this, like, 
a sympathetic character. You're like Gary can't can't be a, like a shitty. Just like, upon I like everybody like wasn't a shitty person. You know, like yeah. anyway. It's like none of that was it was your intent. <laughs> we got back to the fanfic. <laughs> <laughs> We're supposed, trying to be, to escape. supposed to be talking about me now. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. So what episode was this? 67. Okay. Oh, I know. Actually, 66. Dang. <laughs> Sorry. 66 was the Beatles. Yeah. Yeah. It was cursed enough to warrant that one. And it's also our Christmas episode. So. <laughs> Should have been a Star Wars the Christmas special. Got the Order 66. Got this Christmas <laughs> special going on. Amato, what were you doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know what we're doing next week. Next week we are going back in time a little bit farther to the late 1800s in order to read a Alice in Wonderland fanfic called A New Alice in an Old Wonderland. Mm. Uh, and you can find a link there at bit.ly slash Alice. I think we already had an RFR new in our bit.ly links, but no Alice's. As for this, this was episode 67 of Retro Fanfic Retrospective, the first of the year 2000 and, what year is it? 20. 2020. <laughs> um, alternate Reality Story 1, What Legends Are Made Of, Saga 1, The Legend Begins, by Flareon. You can find a copy of it on the internet um, on Talent Scout's fanfiction.net account. You can find a link there at bit.ly slash rfrwlamo which is, for those who don't have that as part of their common parlance, W-L-A-M-O. I may as well give other links. I'll give a link to the Wayback Machine copy of my MSTings of Lamo <laughs> at bit.ly slash R-F-R-Lamo MST. So that's W-L-A-M-O MST. It's, it's only fair to offer yourself up also. <laughs> I, I yes. agree. It's only fair. And I cringe probably less reading that than Tarian does reading Lamo, but I still cringe a lot reading those <laughs> old things. And I guess, should I put up the episode 18? I guess I may as well. Yeah, I'll yeah, find yeah. somewhere to put it online. You yeah. can find a link there at bit.ly slash RFR Lamo 18. And then and someone can, someone can create chapter 19. Yeah, well, first they have to finish <laughs> yeah. chapter 18. Or I they can I, do a misting of chapter 18 that you wrote. Oh, yeah, there, there you, you go. go. <laughs> okay, that is karmic justice, yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what probably needs to happen. The intro song for this podcast is The Weekly Fair off of the album Popey's Incredible Adventure by Komiku. The outro song is Run Against the Universe from the same album. You can find that album and other works by Komiku at loyaltyfreakmusic.com. You can find our website at retrofanficretrospective.podbean.com or bit.ly slash retrofanfic. And if you have questions, comments, or thoughts about the episode, you can send us an email at retrofanficretrospective at gmail.com. You can send us a twit at retrofanfic on Twitter. You can send us a message on Reddit. We're fanfic retrospective there. We've got a Facebook group that's also at retrofanfic. That's probably all the things. You could also <laughs> leave a comment or whatever on a podcast service that you use to listen to this. Uh, my mom listened to her first episode of our podcast, which is also her second podcast episode. No, second podcast ever. Oh. Wow. So some people wow. may need to be informed that you can leave comments on probably whatever service you're using. Well, which episode was it? Was it Joel's um, episode? She listened to... It was CSI Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> oh, that was a great episode. That's where you guys don't don't know the difference between CSI and uh, NCIS. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that, <laughs> that was me. That was all me, yeah. Dom will never let us forget that. Never. No. Anyway, I only live it down. We would love to hear feedback. 
You can also leave comments on fanfiction.net for Willamo, which is a very hot and happening venue to place <laughs> internet comments. I am sure. But you could follow the fanfic. Uh, it's a thing you could do. It's not going to get you anywhere. Do you, do you like get notifications when there's new uh, like comments or something? Or? Would Talent Scout? I don't know. Uh, interesting, yeah. Yeah. Maybe someone should find out. Have you told Talon Scout you, you wrote it episode 18? No, I never got back to them. <laughs> I said, like, the, my email back to them when they asked me, I was like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. But, like, yeah. I probably won't be able to... I mean, they were pretty desperate up. about it. They were like, <gasps> our hook fell through on chapter 18. Someone please help. 16 so. years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm hoping they aren't going to feel They're insulted. probably still very invested in this fanfic, right? I just imagine you, like, emailing them, and, like, somewhere there's, like, a dusty red button that starts lighting. <laughs> <laughs> starts flashing. Lama alarm. <laughs> <laughs> we found him. <laughs> If anyone finds this who read Lamo back in the day, I want to hear from you. Uh, That's me too. That's not going to happen, but like, if, if. Oh, it's totally going to happen. You just have to believe. It's you know what? I'll leave a comment on the Lamo posting on fanfiction.net saying that we did this podcast, and we'll see what happens. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder if I wonder if this podcast will end up being like the first internet search for it. <laughs> not that anyone ever would, but it's like such a... It's such a generic title for something that it's... I don't know. Never mind. Generic is not the right word. <laughs> the title? What Legends Are Made Of? That's pretty generic. It's pretty generic. But we'll... we'll but, but Saga uh, 1 is not, so... But, but. What's, the What's the difference <laughs> between a legend and a saga? <laughs> a story and a saga. Okay. But, but sagas are made of... They're made of chapters. And legends. Okay. I'm having a terrible time ending this one. <laughs> Let's just go ahead and end it. Goodbye. I'm, I'm Amato. <laughs> I'm Tori. I'm Dom. I'm Tarin. We are just four Earth life forms trying to be nice to each other and failing in this case. I'm sorry, Tarin. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Tarin. We love we you, Tarin. We do so much. Until next time, take care. You're tearing me apart, Misty. <laughs>